This is a headgum podcast. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is a show. If I step a stone, should I let go? Should I let go? Should I go slow? Cause I gotta know. This song was made for me, not in like a, what? this was made for me, but like Actually made a friend of mine made me this song. <laughs> It was a birthday present. What? I know. Are there words? No. It's just a beat for you to dance. Just a beat. Sounds like a Beyonce song. It does. Like countdown. Yeah. It's like homecoming. Oh right. Megan Mattoon's homecoming. Oh, it's so cool. Making music I could never. I really want to learn to do that. Apparently, it's still one of the most like male-dominated industries where there's no like female producers. I can believe that. My only my like three or four friends that do it are all males. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Same. Look at that. All Should right. Should we become music producers? I guess so. <laughs> That's what I'm doing after this. Um, let's have some fun. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Welcome to another episode of Just a Tip, an advice podcast that's equally about its tangents as it is about its tips. I'm your host, Megan Batoon, and today to help me help you in the flesh is Ashley Perez in the studio with us. Hello. What a beautiful podcasting voice. Oh, thank you. We are wearing almost the same outfit. Almost, and truly, it was almost the same full outfit, but I can't wear a full long sleeve. We're both wearing overalls, different colors. We both have hydro fa- flasks. Yeah, hydro flasks, and we're both wearing like a... Mock well, mine's neck. A mo- yeah, a mock neck. Yours too. We're well, both mine, wearing mock mine's neck. a turtleneck, but... <gasps> but you made it a mock neck? Yeah. <gasps> I just folded it under. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're starting hot, hot, hot. <laughs> You all may know Ashley as a writer for Freeform's Good Trouble Mm -hmm. and also from BuzzFeed. Yes. Uh, But after a quick internet stalk, I like to really dive in instead of talking about accomplishments. Good job, good job, good job. Thank you. But I want to hear more about who you are as a person. I stalked you on the internet. Oh, my God. And I found out (laughs) that you, quote, believe that Kirsten Dunst is the reason we're all gay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, this is what happens when I tweet and I forget that everyone can see it. And then later, (laughs) a lot of times, actually, this has happened to me where somebody quotes back something I tweeted. She is the reason we're all gay, at least the majority of us. But what about Missy from Bring It On? Oh, Missy, too. (sighs) Oh, yeah. I didn't, you know, it's a disservice. I did it because Kirsten Dunst was being honored with a um, a Hollywood star. And so also big debate. Kirsten Dunst, Kirsten Dunst. I get confused and nervous. Yeah. <laughs> so I just kind of plow through the whole thing. I said, Kay Dunst. Yeah, she is. She's, I mean, definitely the reason that I'm gay. Or at least part of it. She's cool. I I think 
if it, if I were more on on that side of the spectrum, I, it would be Cameron Diaz in Liar Liar with the oh, red dress. Oh yes, introducing Cameron Diaz. That was her yes. first role. You, she looks like so baby faced in that oh role. God, she's a wow. I forgot about that. Basically, yeah, that that makes sense. And Mila Kunis, <laughs> she's my everything. <laughs> She is my everything. Uh, but enough of Mila Kunis. This is not a podcast about her, which would be yet, awesome. Yet. <laughs> I want to start with a game to get to know you a little bit more. Great. No more Twitter stalking. No more Twitter stalking. That's all we get. <laughs> <laughs> this game is called Burst of Firsts. It's one mm-hmm. round of rapid fire questions. Everything from your first job to the first time you cried in public, etc. Oh. But if you, if I want, if I, this is a game for me. I like this because I can kind of. Do this whatever. Is your show, in fact. <laughs> it's only hitting me right now that I can do whatever <laughs> I want in my life. <laughs> wow, this is a deep moment. You're going to talk about it in therapy soon. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I yell stop, I'm not going to yell it. Whenever I say stop, you mm. have to explain, elaborate, or tell the full story if oh, I okay. stay stop at all. Okay, great. Okay. I understand. Those are the rules. Here's the game. Mm-hmm. What was your first job? A hot dog on a stick. Cool. No, for the uniform. <laughs> First cell phone. Uh, I don't even know what it was. It was a flip phone that had the bowling game on it. That's what I remember. Ooh. Mm-hmm. First pet. A dog named Max. Well, before that, a fish named Sonic that my other fish ate. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, I do want to stop here. <laughs> like one random day? I had a fish. No, actually, sorry. My fish, Sonic, ate. All of the other fish that we bought. Whoa. He was a goldfish, and we put him in with guppies and stuff, and then literally there were just bones floating in Stop. our— Stop. <laughs> it was very, very gr- a gruesome introduction into pets. Oh, my God. <laughs> Except for I was kind of like, okay, I get survival of the fittest now. <laughs> <laughs> and they look delicious. Exactly. He got beefy. Oh, my God. Moving on. What was your first kiss location? <laughs> In a, in seventh grade at a choir festival when the adults had left, and then I got detention for my first kiss, and both of my parents had to be pulled into a meeting. And his parents. How memorable. Gonna stop here, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was disastrous. Wait, it was a seventh grade. It was seventh grade. We had our first kiss, and then I, we just could not resist on, like, month. It was like a weekend concert thing far away for some big seventh grade choir thing. And then we got... Um, on Monday, we were passing each other notes of like, Are, did you think I was a good kisser? And then my teacher grabbed it, oh, God. read it, and then we got in trouble because we were, I feel like it was slut shamey and we got in trouble for kissing. But yeah. also we had like been left behind or we had like avoided going on the bus so that they would have to come back. And of course we were like, let's place him in the bottle. So it, <laughs> of was, course. it was terrible because his parents were there and my parents were there and they were like, so you guys kissed. And both of us were like, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> what was the punishment? Just attention? I, yeah. Yeah. Oh. We had to like. I don't know if chalkboard uh, chalkboards were still a thing. You know, you still have to clean erasers. No child will oh, feel that right. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's like uh, the intro of The Simpson when Bart is writing like I, I oh yes. whatever he's writing over and yes. over. Yes, that's why children have carpal tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> what is your first choice in a karaoke book? Oh, um, probably something by the Spice Girls. Mm-hmm. Or Bitch by Meredith Brooks. Ooh. Mm-hmm. First major purchase. I bought a 
car. But oh, but before that, I bought this Sony computer that was like a Sony Vio, and it had basically it was like a big giant laptop, and it had a fold-out computer, and I spent all my summer money on it, and I loved it, and I still miss it. I wish summer I summer money. It. Yeah, like like you were having summer jobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. What was your first internet screen name? A N A lowercase A capital N B capital B baby 63 it stood for ashley n benj who was the guy that i like baby and 63 was the number of another guy that i liked <laughs> there's so much unpack in this one aim screening did benj or the 63 man know no i don't think so i think i told them a, some like truth or dare thing later i was like a real real creep level before <laughs> thank god i didn't have the internet as a child like in the way we have now because right. who knows what i would have done wow <laughs> i love this first thing you think when someone doesn't answer the phone they're dead mm-hmm. first celebrity crush person nuts <laughs> first concert britney spears oops i did it again 2000 i was in the very 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 back row like literally touched the back of the thing and the entire i don't remember almost any of it because the entire time i just kept thinking that is Britney Spears, and I'm in the same room as Britney Spears, even though she was like a tiny little pea from my eyesight. Right. <laughs> oh, sick. Well, what's your first scar? Um, probably on my sh- elbows for riding my bike. I had I have scars on both elbows from riding my bike. At least you're matching. Mm-hmm. First thing you do when you like someone. Uh, that basically. <laughs> <laughs> first show you binge watched. Binge watched the office in college. Mm-hmm. First excuse you make when trying to cancel plans. Mm, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that I had blank. I was like, oh my god, have I ever canceled plans with you, Megan? And so I, I didn't want to I give know. it away. <laughs> I always feel bad when I ask that because I'm like, surely we've all done it and it's fine. But I'm like, that's. I if anyone asked me this question, I'd be like, eh. first time I'm you sick. cried in public as the last first. I've never cried in pl- public. Never. <gasps> I've recently just learned to cry in therapy. Oh, how has that been going? Great. It's a lot of tears. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like when I'm in therapy and I'm like about to cry, I'm like, you want this, so I'm not going to yeah. do it. But then I'm like, this is, this is what I'm paying for. And then your therapist is like, we have to unpack that. That's unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, I know that we need to go there. And that's why I keep showing up. Yeah, yeah. But then I'm like, it's very shocking. I don't want, I don't want to. Like, I know I need to, but I don't want to. As an adult, also, it's very weird to cry in front of, uh, in front of another adult that's mm-hmm. just looking you dead in the eye in a small room. So go and to they're therapy. Just, they're just waiting. <laughs> they're waiting. And they're like, but you know what was really nice? My therapist has always, every time I've cried, has been like, this is good. I'm proud of you, yeah. which is what's helped me be able to cry more. Because I think so everybody gets told, like, don't cry. Right. Mm-hmm. I I love it. I talk about it in almost every podcast. I Amazing. would love to talk about it there. Oh, my God. Hilarious. I just looked down at our, our viewer question, and it's called wrong therapy. Oh, my God. Amazing. So this is actually a perfect segue. Wow. Look at this. Look at the world working for us. It is. Here we go. Hi, Megan. I'm 25, um, and I recently wanted to start going to therapy mm-hmm. um, just to understand my natural triggers and behaviors um, and what from my childhood has kind of impacted me now. Mm. Um, and so I started going to therapy with um, an older Caucasian lady, and I'm a person of color. Um, and so I just felt that she didn't relate to 
a lot of the things, like a lot of the family dynamics I would discuss or mm-hmm. um, she just kind of would blank stare at me when I would start talking about something and I just felt like she was bored. Mm. Um, oh. So after two sessions, I stopped going to her um, and it was just really exhausting kind of just laying out everything about my life to someone and then kind of having to start over. Mm. Um, so I'm in the search for a new therapist but I wanted to see if you had any recommendations on how to find one. And I know they always say therapy is like dating, um, but I just, I want to find one before I basically have to tell my life story to 10 different people. Um, so if you have any advice um, on therapists that you've loved in the past or what's worked for you, um, I would love. That. Thank you so much. I love this question. I cannot be more excited that we're talking about therapy. No, me too. It's so important. Oh my God, it's so important. This is a great question. It's like one of the basics of therapy that is the most difficult. Yeah. How long did it take you to find yours? (laughs) Uh, It took a while. Actually, I had one therapist before this, who was also my my mom's therapist. Wouldn't recommend (gasps) that. Whoa. And then... I had this therapist, but I think the biggest thing for me with therapy is I've gone back and forth from this therapist like three times and seen other people in between because this therapist really challenged me. And literally whenever she did, I would be like, goodbye. Yeah. I literally would. She was, (laughs) as we were circling around my like sexuality and stuff, she was like, so do you think you might be gay? And I was like, you're gay. Goodbye. (laughs) I just left for like a year and then I had to come back and be like. I am queer, and you were right, and let's talk about it. <laughs> but it's hard. How long did it take you to find your therapist? It feels like forever. I've I've tried to think four at mm-hmm. this po- point in time, and the thing is, I give them all a month, like before I yeah yeah because like, like dating. <sighs> I also do have a therapy is like dating shirt because I want it. Yeah, yeah, that it is. Please. I mean, <laughs> and also just like we should talk about therapy more as a society. I uh. Agree. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think the first couple of times you're just kind of laying out your backstory before you can even start doing the work, which is what yes. I hate. Like, that's the worst part. I think I saw a meme once that was like, it had some girls, um, like all of her, like his top line items of like yeah. what her life is. It was like, <laughs> my parents got divorced at six. A this PowerPoint. Is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's that's good. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like we should do that to find a therapist, but the whole thing is talking about it. Yeah. So, I mean, it is going to be annoying in, in the beginning to try and find a therapist. The way that I did it, I just went on therapist.com or something like that. Yeah. I Mine was from a friend, which has also been a good recommendation way that I've found. And I've actually recommended my therapist to other friends. And sometimes it's a good fit. Sometimes it's not. But actually, a lot of therapists like working within kind of a network of people, too. So you could always ask your friends who are in therapy, is your therapist taking new clients right now? Yeah, that's so smart. Mm-hmm. I m- One of my friends' therapists, I'm like, I love her. I want to go to her, too. I know. You know what's so funny? All of my friends, we all know each other's therapist names. So <laughs> our friends will be like, I was talking to Ginger. I was talking to Sunny. Or I was talking to Linda. And we're like, oh, my God, how's Linda? That's so good. But you know what I found? And we can digress a little into this after we actually answer her question, but I don't have very many male friends who almost every single one of my female friends goes to therapy, and I don't have very many male friends who are, like, actively going to therapy. Interesting. I have a, a ton. Really? Almost all my male friends are in therapy, and my female friends aren't. Whoa. It's weird. weird. It is super weird. Everyone that comes on the podcast, a lot of 
the females talk about, well, you know what? I think it's because I think I'm attracting like-minded people. So everyone that comes on the podcast has either had a therapist or is doing the work themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like in my life, it's it's only the men that are doing it. Wow. But maybe it's because they're stand-ups and they're in comedy. Oh, yeah. They need that. I mean, we all need it. Yeah. But I think it's it does really well for comedians. Mm -hmm. Comedians are often funny because we're sad. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it takes. Uh huh. But I I do think it takes a long time. I she has a lot of elements. This question too. It's like being a person of color. That is hard. My therapist currently is a person of color, and I relate to her so much more. And she relates to me in terms of we're not the same race. None of that, but just. In terms of having immigrant parents, having those kinds of standards, understanding family dynamics, and I don't think that it has to be that the same person you're that you're seeing is is your same race, social class, gender, all of that. But it certainly helps if those people understand their biases or their weaknesses or or what they don't understand. Because I have female friends who have amazing male therapists that they love, you know. That was always my dream, like to have yeah. an older brother and <laughs> yeah. a male therapist that is like kind of like I a psychotherapist. I an older brother too. Oh, I don't know why it's a thing. That would be so cool. I think cool. in movies there's always like a cool older brother. Yeah, and like the girl's a tomboy, which I was, yes. and mm-hmm. that would be so I mean, so we're cool. both in overalls. <laughs> we can tell. We get it. We see eye to eye. No, I do think that that's really important too. I, my therapist is, I initially when I went to started when I started going to my therapist now I wrote in my journal I was like oh yeah I really like my therapist but I I worry that she won't like me yeah or like Which, I think she's too cool for me I want to be friends with her so I don't think I can keep going oh and God. then I was like oh this is a challenge for me mm-hmm. if I like think this girl is super cool mm-hmm. and I want to put on my best face and I want her to mm-hmm. think I'm cool Maybe this will be really good for me to, like, let go. Yeah. Well, it's literally something to talk. I talked to my therapist. One time I said something of, like, yeah, and I I didn't figure out what, like, I was going to say before. She's like, are you thinking about what you're going to say every time before? I'm like, yes. Doesn't everyone do that? And she was – but, like – a good therapist, like, you can say anything, and it's not that they're constantly psychoanalyzing you. It's just they – a good therapist is a sounding board for why do you believe that thing. It's not necessarily always that you're wrong. It's just sometimes, like, a way for you to see what you're not even questioning about your life. Mm-hmm. But I really like what you're saying about a month because I think that is true. I had a therapist. I did talk space in between leaving the my current therapist for a little bit, and – You know, my girlfriend does Talkspace and she loves it and has a great relationship with her therapist. But I did Talkspace and I found that my therapist was very nice. But if you're very wordy, like for me, I'm a writer, I found it was way too easy to get around what I had to actually deal with without being face to face with someone. Like she was very nice. I was able to like put it exactly the way I wanted in writing and not ever have that like human to human interaction but I think it works differently for everyone else so I think so too just try all the forms I tried I it wasn't talk space but it was something like that where it wasn't a video chat it was the text messaging yeah I'm just Mm -hmm. I'm like word vomit and with my therapist if I'm talking about a story and my shoulders go up she'll Mm -hmm. say what just happened Mm -hmm. and you can't get that when you're when you're doing text-based therapy which is yeah like you said good I mean that's what I'm calling it now yeah no that's what my therapist I walked in one time and I was like I guess whistling and she's like why are you doing the whistling thing what's going on and I was like the what the whistle do you do this a lot I don't know I guess when I'm like nervous I kind of like a whistle 
or like just a little musical <laughs> yeah stint? just like to like uh, calm myself down <laughs> I don't know what it is so if you ever hear me whistling the street please ask me if I'm okay <laughs> <laughs> let's see another part of this We're trying to hit every single part of yes. this so we, we talked a little bit about having the same views and ideals mm-hmm. and biases with your background mm-hmm. Um, we talked a little bit about finding therapists. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, after two sessions, I stopped going to her, and it was really exhausting laying out my life to someone and having to start over. That part does suck, but that is the part that you have That's to do. Yeah. It is like dating. It's like, honestly, I always used to say about dating, the worst part about dating is not a bad date. It's a middle ground date where you're not sure, mm-hmm. and you're just like, that was tiring because it wasn't great. It wasn't energizing, but they weren't awful, and so I just <laughs> wish I would have been home instead. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like going to a therapist who doesn't quite get you feels like the same, especially because in this country, we have to pay so much money to go to therapy oh that it's like, God. oh my God, I just paid like $150 for this consult. Right. And that's not the person. But I will also say therapists are professionals and they understand too that they might not be right for you. And so don't feel weird or awkward. I've also had a lot of friends who had to like, they like ghosted their therapist because they felt weird about it. And I'm like, they're professional. They understand, you know, like yeah. don't be afraid to have like an awkward interaction with them and just be like, thank you so much for your time. I don't think we're right for each other in this work and they'll be most of the time super gracious about it. They should be the ones that would understand the most yes. about being broken up with. Mm-hmm. I feel like I maybe <laughs> ghosted one of mine but I we were having such a good time. Like she was good but I just there's always something wrong with like my first therapist she only wanted to talk about childhood stuff because she was a childhood trauma therapist oh, yeah, yeah. which is good and I yeah. definitely needed that but I was like I want to talk about all these boy problems I have day to day and uh, the universe way, works the way it does and I needed that at that time. Yeah. So, and that was uh, maybe six months or something like that. Yeah. And then I found another one who didn't talk at all. She mm. only let me talk mm-hmm. and she would like look up a lot and not at my face. And I was like, no, this is, this is a no. And then I tried another one and she would yawn. And I was like, I, how? Yawn? Yes. Oh my God. And I, I went on one, th- and all of these I had for multiple months. Yeah. And then I tried one for only one session and she didn't let me speak at all. Oh, what? It was crazy. That's bizarre. She was like trying to, I guess, re- regurgitate what I had said to show that she was listening, but it would just no. be, yeah. You can just, mm-hmm. That's it. That's all you need. Just nod your head. There's nonverbal ways to do that. Right. And then I found my therapist now, and it was so funny because on the phone, I was explaining to her all of these kind of failed therapist mm-hmm. dates. And I mentioned the the looking away thing. I mentioned the yawning thing. And she was super upfront. She was like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, if I have had a, a long day, like, I might yawn. And that's mm-hmm. human. Mm-hmm. And if that's okay with you, I would love to work with you. And it's mm. like, oh. Yeah. The way, yeah. I think it's just addressing the yawning. You, you don't, <laughs> if you say, sorry, I'm tired, then you're not like, okay, it's about me. But if someone is just yawning in front of you while you're talking, it's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's like I'm paying money to feel bad where yeah. I should be working on feeling bad. <laughs> so, yes, it, it takes a lot of time. But I think after a month, like four sessions, if you go every week, you should. Know if you feel safe. How do you how do you know though? Because I think that's a that's question a, a lot of people question. have. Of like, how do you know whether this is a good therapist for you? Ooh. Because it's not always that you're excited to go to therapy. Often the mm. real therapy that you need is the one that you don't want to do. 
Yeah. And so I don't think it's like a great thing to be like, you'll just know because you'll have this nice feeling. So like what are the ways that kind of let you feel like, oh, I'm making progress as you went like four times or something like yeah. that? Yeah. I think initially it's do you feel like you can be open with this mm-hmm. person and are mm-hmm. they creating a space where you can talk openly and giving you feedback? I mean, it all depends on I guess what the person wants to mm-hmm. like, do you want someone that's giving you feedback? Do you want someone just to listen to you? Mm-hmm. It's all, I guess, like based off of the style you want. I have a friend who like needs to kind of have homework to feel like she's doing something. And her therapist is like, I will give that to you for now. But also like, that's a thing we need to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, what about for you? What's like the, if you had to choose one main quality that makes you feel like this is the right fit? I think... I'm trying to think of what made me feel safest about being with my current therapist. You know what it was for me? Like, I'm someone who, when my therapist told me, this is very, like, funny, but now, but we were in, like, a session, and she was like, she doesn't talk very often. And then she talked, and she was like, you're obsessive and addicted to chaos. And I was like... I had so many emotions and I was so offended and I was like all of this stuff. And then of course it always the most insightful stuff, no matter what comes at the end of therapy. It's like always happens that way. And then (laughs) it's like, we don't have any more time for this, but here's a big nugget about you. Exactly. Oh my God. And then I thought about it all week and I was like, I get what she's saying. And it's something I didn't know about myself. And so I think if you can like let that defensiveness down a little bit, if if the therapist says something to you that resonates and feels true, particularly something you might not have known before, then I feel like that's a good sign mm. that, oh, this person can be helpful to me. If they're just parroting everything back that you're saying or saying stuff that seems so, so way off base or irrelevant or not helpful or only want to talk about childhood trauma or whatever it is, then I think you can kind of tell. But if you get one nugget, even if it doesn't feel the most comfortable, like you also have to get used to just going to therapy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not something everyone does all the time. And if you don't have a a group of friends who are also going to therapy all the time, it's a weird thing to like go into a room with a random stranger, tell them all of your thoughts and feelings. Right, yeah. (laughs) Cry. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I think the insight tip is really good. Mm-hmm. Anytime that happens, I'm like, this is worth it. Yeah, and yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you don't get those. Like even mm-hmm. now, I'll, I'll be in, and I'm just kind of processing my thoughts, and mm-hmm. it's, it's fine. I'm not getting really anywhere, but I think in when I hear myself talk, I think that's when I process everything the most. Is like when oh, I can hear myself being like, whatever I'm saying doesn't matter right now. And then she, I wonder, I wish I my therapist did kind of what you did and mm. what yours did and telling you this is how you are. Yes. Because mine doesn't do that. She's just asking, asking me questions. I mean, I guess that's like yeah. hits harder if, if I were to find it out myself. Yeah. But she's I, only done that to me like twice. And both of the times have been like very profound. So I think she kind of saves it when it's stuff that like is okay, you're never going to get here. This is like a blind, a really big blind spot. Yeah. Ooh, I should ask her what my blind spot is. You should. Is. That's a good question. And you could just be like, I, you know, I'm just curious that we've been working together this long. Do you think that there's something that is my blind spot? Yeah. Who knows what she'll say. Oh, my God. I asked a friend what my blind spot was the other day. Really? Why? It was Why? so what? vulnerable because I was a little bit 
perturbed about one of my friendships, mm. and I didn't know how to navigate it. And mm-hmm. he is a mutual friend of ours. And we were just kind of talking about how it was affecting me. And then I was like, can I ask you something? Mm. I was like, what if— do I have a blind spot? And he was able to tell me an answer. And it was it really wasn't a blind spot because I knew it about myself. Yeah. But I just, oh, can you imagine? I mean. You got to be good friends with someone for them to tell you your blind spot. Oh, my God. I'm not. Uh, someone, I told that this to another friend. And they're like, what's my blind spot? And I was like, you don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I, I should have been honest. But, like, I can't. <laughs> I couldn't. It's not my. It's I can't. I always do the same thing. I ask questions that I have no answer to at all. Is this yeah. why you have a podcast? Is that what this is? <laughs> I do. It, it is nice to to get in deep. Um, but I the other day I was talking to my therapist, mm-hmm. and she had said something that I, I mean every time she says something that rocks my world, I it, I do the same thing. I like mm-hmm. see how it keeps affecting mm-hmm. my life. Like the week in between seeing her again, but this time she asked me to tell her about one of my boyfriends that I never talk mm. about. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I, I hardly remember anything. And then she was like, her eyebrows lifted and she was like, well, okay, we should talk yeah. about this then. And instead of telling her the one nugget of how that relationship affected me, mm. I started talking about his, how I met him. And even before that, I was setting up like backstory of people that introduced me to him. Mm. And it was so so verbose and she was like can you just take us take a breath right now because you're talking a mile a minute mm-hmm. and uh and now just tell me how he affected you and then I got so embarrassed and I, I, I answered her question and then I was like can I reroute this conversation and talk about what's happening in my body right now because I, I feel my clavicles like mm-hmm. itching and I am really really embarrassed and ah. she was like she asked me why, and I was like, I, I feel so dumb for talking about all of these frivolous details that don't matter. Mm. And because I saw her eyeline shift in the middle of my story, and I was like, she's bored. Uh-oh, yeah. And now I hate this. Uh. And so I, I was like, I, I just always care about what people think, and I don't want anyone to be bored, and I don't want this to be a waste of your time. Mm. And she was like, this isn't a waste of my time. This is your time. My therapist says that to me all the time. She's like, you're paying to be here. This is your time. We do what you want with it. That's true. And, like, and then I was like, but you have you have to be here too. And yeah. she's like, that's right. It's our time. <laughs> yeah. But she was like, the fact that I cared so much about what other people think about me. Yeah. I was caring what my therapist is thinking about yeah. me. I, was, I just felt so Did you so not know bad. that before? Uh, no, I, I knew I cared so much about what other people thought of yeah. me. But... The being in therapy, it's like I, that's the one person that I should not care. Yeah, but oh. I do. Uh, listen, when I can make my therapist laugh, I don't want to admit <gasps> oh this, my God. but it is oh my the God. best feeling Dude. in the entire world. If you make your fucking therapist <laughs> laugh, and I've made her like belly laugh before, where she was just shocked by what I said. Yeah, and it's really hard for me to not just like be on cloud nine and be like, <laughs> I don't need to talk about anything anymore. <laughs> You, like, go out on a high? Yes. Thank you, I'll be all week. when your therapist shares a nugget about themselves, Ooh. and you're like, oh, you're a person in the yes. world. Oh, my God. Now I know that you have a husband. Yes. Which, I, she has a wedding ring, so I should have known that, but I was like, <laughs> but you told me about him. <laughs> so we're friends now. Yeah, exactly. I, I, making them laugh is so, so good. I was, this is, is your nothing to do. a woman? Yeah. Yeah. I, this has nothing to do with therapy, but making people laugh. I was mm-hmm. on the phone with a Pottery Barn customer service representative and 
She, I was crushing Ashley. I, mm-hmm. I was laying down the fire, and I got a discount. And <laughs> oh, and, oh my, my god. god! I was like, this is. I did one open mic, and I was like, I, if only they can see me now. <laughs> On this Pottery Barn 800 number. Oh I'm actually really good with checkout people. I yeah. don't know why. You know, though, I'm not a good flirter in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think I've made like 15 to 20 checkout people actually fall in love with me in like two minutes. I don't know what it is about the like the genre of, <laughs> the of flirting. Uh, but it's... I think it's just like cracking jokes when people are bored and yes. like narr- I think that's how I entertain myself, just like kind of narrating things. And so it'll usually happen. I say something under my breath. They laugh. We like keep making jokes. And then I'm like, oh my God, is this how I should date people? <laughs> <laughs> Do you say something under your breath, like observational about your items? Yeah, or, or like anything. Yeah, usually. I, I can't, I'm always nervous that people aren't going to like me and that I'm not going to have anything to say. And almost all my relationships form that way where it's like I kind of say something funny under my breath and then we start joking at each other. But I I actually have no clue like what my humor is, if that makes sense. Oh, really? No, I don't know what it is about me that like makes me funny. Like I can't replicate. Every time people are like, oh my God, Ashley's so funny. And then weirdly people are like, can you tell a joke? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. no, what? <laughs> <laughs> Never. But that's when I'm like, am I funny? I don't know. I can't tell you a joke right now. Oh my God. I feel like that all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it is interesting. I, I wouldn't even be able to, I guess, label my funny yeah. either. But I think when you stop trying to label it, that's when you're just, like, allowing it to yeah. happen. God knows the least funny people are people who are trying to be funny all the time. Oh, my God. Tell that to me every time I am falling for someone because my text <laughs> Is that messages, what you do? Dude, my text when I'm – they're fucking horrible. <laughs> I swear to God, like, I would block me if I texted me. What do you do? Like, send – what? I need to uh, – stop. Okay, stop. <laughs> Please tell me. They're just like so long-winded and they're so try-hard. But like set up punchline or like what kind of funny are you trying to be in text messages? Because a good gif, a well-placed gif, Mm. great. Yes. But what I don't understand what you're doing. It's not structured. No set up punchline. It's literally me just trying to like have interesting diction to be like, I'm smart. It's bad. You know, the worst. It's all bad. I I often, my one thought, like, whenever I see a pair of Nike shoes, I, like, need to buy them. I'm like, (laughs) oh, my God, I need new Nikes. I don't know what it is about it. But I think it's from the scene in in, um, What Women Want where she's doing that Nike campaign in her brain. And I'm like, wow, this is the coolest that a woman could be. (laughs) And so it's, like, sunk into my brain. But the other day I was, like, I've been trying to do this thing where since I'm trying to, like, buy less stuff Mm. where I make myself say, why do you want that thing? Ooh. Which is, like, probably the easiest hot tip on a tip podcast. (laughs) Just, like, when you have an impulse buy, write down why you want it, not just what it is. And so I saw this girl walk out with the cleanest Nikes, and I was like, why do I want these Nikes? And my thought was to be effortless, to appear. <laughs> and I was like, so much effort is going into me wanting to be effortless. I want to go online, buy these Nikes, find the exact ones so that I can look as cool as this girl who just got out of a random car going into a Silver Lake bakery. And I was like, she's fucking cool and she's effortless. <laughs> <laughs> she's effortless. But honestly, if you do that tip, you learn a lot about what it's important to you, and mainly it's just your insecurities. Totally. Like, most of us just buy stuff to, like, mask our insecurities. Absolutely. I would love to 
write a journal, you know, like a great uh, mm-hmm. daily gratitude journal. Oh, yeah. But instead of gratitude, uh, why I want to buy things yeah. and then just look down and yeah. see like line by line, like, oh, I want to buy that because that girl looked pretty in it. I want to buy that mm-hmm. because this other person has it. It's like, that's oh, exactly what God. I have. And then when you look back at it, I found out I, I have coffee at home, all the coffee that I like from the places that I go to, but I still want to go get coffee. And I was like, why am I doing this? And it's to feel productive. Oh. When I don't feel productive or when I'm, like, stuck writing and I feel like I want to be part of, like, a creative class of people, coffee is so in that, like, in my head. Yeah. And so I'll go spend that money. But really it's about me not knowing how to do my work or being frustrated by the work. And so it's like, oh, how do I address that That's versus just buying coffee? an incredible tip. That's mm-hmm. like a don't, not going to therapy therapy tip. I told my therapist that I was doing this and she went, oh. That's great. And I was like, yes, this is even better than making you laugh. Validation from a therapist. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. When my therapist started giving me hugs without asking, I was oh. like, like, I wouldn't ask for a hug. She, in, in the beginning, she'd be like, yeah. do you want a hug? Mm. And I'd be like, yes, sure. Okay. And then now she just gives them to me. And I'm like, oh. yeah, baby. <laughs> I got her. There's so many weird mind games with having a therapist. Just be prepared. When you do find your therapist after listening to this great podcast, there will be mind games involved. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if we've touched on every single part of this question. Yes. I think we've done a really good job. So Perhaps too thorough. Us. Let's see. The last part of it would be any advice on a therapist you've loved in the past, so what's worked for you. I think we touched on that. Yeah, we definitely did. Make a therapist that thinks you're funny is what works for us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Before we get into anything else, let's take a break. I'm having a blast. Moi aussi. Ooh. Me too. I was going to make a joke, but then I didn't. <laughs> do you ever do that when you're like, I should say this now? And Pretty then, much every day. Oh, my God. But the problem is usually I say it and then I regret it. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. I've never – I just – that's my one of my issues is I just keep everything bottled up. What if there was a room where you could go into and then it had every joke that you didn't tell on the walls? That's probably the, the um, room of requirement in Harry Potter. <gasps> you could ask that. I need to read all the Harry Potter books. We're going to take a little break while Ashley gives us a piece of advice you can find at Just a Tip Podcast on Instagram, and we'll be right back. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The vet told us that our cat is too fat, which he is, but my girlfriend took it personally on me and she was like, you ask the vet again. I'm like, you think I'm just saying that James is too fat just because I want to? Like, no, it's real facts. And then we went back there and he had lost some weight and then she she had to like double confirm because she took it personally. How did he lose weight? We just gave him less food. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Does he, uh, this is just a, a cat to cat owner question. Oh, yeah. How many cats do you have? Just two. Okay, cute. And I guess not they're just. They're adorable. They're fucking uh, They're. Ad- I forget. Every once in a while I'll see a cat on your story and they're so fucking cute. Oh, my God. They're amazing. But um, do yours, like, really want food all the time or fine? We've trained him to only get food twice a day and he never makes noise. He's not a vocal cat except for when it's time to get food and he'll go, just oh. like one, but he recently has been like waking up and is like so hungry. Yeah, and I'm like, what is going on? So, are your cats always hungry? Always and ah. always eating my food. Always on oh, the. Oh, yeah. my cat. He does not eat any human food or anything like that. I wonder if I can. You train can get. Them. You can, and you can also get since you have multiple cats. Do they eat at the same time from the same bowl or in different bowls? I have like one automatic feeder, but feeds both of their food. It's oh, probably not the best way to do it. No, I think that could. I just watched this like 18 minute long YouTube video of someone who had multiple cats, but one ate more than the other. Yeah, that's probably what happens to mm-hmm. mine. And so one of them was always hungry. And there's this thing that you can buy that it like has a microchip collar, or if they have a microchip, you can basically link it to their microchip and it will only open for that cat. So they can only eat from their food. So you know exactly how much food each cat oh. is eating. What if one of the cats went up to the, like, if I were to have two of those? Yes. What if one cat went uh, went to it and opened up and then the other cat wanted their so food? Th- I have to show you. I'm going to send you the funniest video ever because that's exactly what happened. Okay. And they had to make it the most insane thing to be able to stop this. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. It's this person in, they live in Japan, I think. But I watch their videos all the time. Okay. Yeah. Send it to me. Yes, after. I will. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Here we come back. And we're back. And before we get into the next part, I want to know if you have found something that you're so obsessed with that other people need to know about. Oh, my God. Like, probably everything. But I didn't realize this was going to be a question, and now I'm on the spot. Oh, my God. Take a breath. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm constantly... I, I'll think of one, too. Yeah, you, so okay. So you can have some time. I guess... It's fine because you can edit around this <laughs> and I can just think about it. Um, yeah. Yes, I have mine. Let's hear it. I am obsessed with books, but as a book lover, I have too many fucking books everywhere. And But libraries can be slightly inconvenient for people, especially with fees and all that shit. Anyway, there is an app called Libby that if you're in L.A. is amazing, and I'm pretty sure it's an um, – like nationwide thing and you just you get a local library card plug it in and then you can get audiobooks books that go to your kindle so you just oh. read it on your kindle and audiobooks and all and the whole thing and even some you can get some movies and stuff but it's i will say it is a well designed app a, app and the problem for me with most government things is it does not function, and this was clearly built by, like, a really good developer, and it saved me so much. I canceled my Audible. I, I stopped buying, like, books that I knew that I didn't want to keep around. Right. And it's amazing, and it's so good. Ooh. So it's called Libby. 
And then you just, it's super easy. You don't even, you can get a library card number without having to go to the library. So if you're one of those people who never wants to talk to a human or have that interaction, you can get library books without that. That sounds incredible. It's also helped my consumerism. I'm really trying to like cool it with the consumerism. Yeah, let's talk about that because you've mentioned that a little bit ago and now you were saying you're trying not to buy, I think you were talking about clothes, but Mm -hmm. kind of in general, consumerism. Yes, I just, I don't know, something dawned on me recently that it's like, you know, you get through those things where you're like, oh, I'm going to Marie Kondo my life or I'm going to, and you find that you have to keep doing it over and over again. And then honestly, what it was, I read an article that it's raining plastic in in the Arctic and microplastic because there's so much plastic everywhere. And it made me so sad. And then it made me start thinking about consumption in general. And like, when you really start thinking about it, it's like fast fashion, all this stuff. And the other thing I'll say is, I have always spent exactly the amount of money that I make. And so I've never felt like I have enough or I'm like, if you always, even if you make more money, if you just spend all of that money, you'll always be chasing something. And the idea of, of like stopping that has really helped me focus on real things and real insecurities within me because you can't like bandaid it. Right. But it's been intense. <laughs> That's I am so fascinated because I buy so much shit all the time. What kind of stuff do you buy? It's a an lot interesting of home thing stuff. to eat. Oh, interesting. And I wonder if it's because if I am trying to like pinpoint where the source is, I grew I was like moving around mm-hmm. all the time when I was younger. And then when I moved to LA, I had zero, I had like a little bit of savings, yeah. but it was so hard to to decorate so all of my furniture was like from the street mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or from Goodwill and then this I guess is kind of like where my like thrift flipping type yeah. of personality trait okay, is that a personality trait I guess it is <laughs> 23 and me Megan DIYs that's me uh, I think that's probably where it came from is like I had to constantly reinvent what I had mm-hmm. or out of not a lot of money mm-hmm. and so now that I can kind of afford things or if I if I need like I don't know, uh, like a makeup holder or yeah. something. I'll just go off of Amazon. I'll go, which is like the worst yes, place. Yes, Amazon. The other thing I've started doing, it's impossible to like, I mean, it's not impossible, but for me, it's very hard to just not use Amazon. But the thing I've started doing is leaving things in my cart for a week so that I don't get multiple boxes. I just get one box a cool. week. Just everything, like little stuff really matters. But more than, it's like the environment is a good motivator, but more than anything, I was just super tired of like, the cycle that consumerism created in me. And I think most Western people don't realize how inundated we are in Mm. that of like, we're just taught to buy stuff. Branding is like, there's countries where brands and ads are outlawed for children like below five because it's not ethical to advertise to children. And so it's like, oh shit, what do we, we don't, we don't have a country that functions that way though. That would be incredible. I didn't even think about that. You should do it just as an experiment because I think in – I read a book recently called A Year of Less by Kate Flanders, and it's about her not buying anything for a year. (gasps) And it really changed my perspective, and it really made me want to do this. And I've been, like, pretty dedicated to it ever since. And it's hard. It's – it will – it will blow your mind how hard it is at first. But now when I go into Target, I always have, they get you. Like right when you walk in, it's women's clothes because that's where people will spend the most money. And it's women who will are, we're used to buying clothes all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I walk in and I still have that gut feeling. And then there's actually a really big sense of freedom of like, oh, I'm not buying clothes right now. And then I just go walk and do what I need. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
I want to read this book so much. I'm like, I want to read it. Let me order it off Amazon. <laughs> like, dang Get it. Get Libby and yes. read it on in the library. That's so true. What else have you found a, out about yourself by doing this? Like trying to reduce your consumerism. What have you found out? Uh, so it's actually helped me with my work. A lot of the things were masking insecurities that I had about work. It's like work, beauty. It's honestly, it's helped me talking about therapy in this episode. It's helped me discover a lot faster what my insecurities still are like Mm -hmm. the ones that don't that are kind of subconscious it's like oh I'm afraid that I'm not a great writer or that I'm not going to be able to do this so instead of working on my craft I'll buy books about writing that I do not read and so I, I started looking at the books I was buying and not reading I started looking at everything of just like why for instance I saw that Phoebe Waller Bridge was releasing all of this manuscripts of Fleabag I have scripts from everywhere. I could get those from my agent, but I wanted to buy it so badly. And I had, it was like in the UK and I was already like halfway through paying for international shipping when I was like, why, why am I doing this? And I realized the reason I was doing it was because I want to be like Phoebe Wallerbridge. And instead of taking the time to do the craft, I was trying to buy a quick thing that would make me feel better and alleviate that stress and my deep hidden fear that maybe I'm not smart enough to be like her. So I'll just buy this thing real quick, you know? Yeah. That's so pro. I have chills up and down my body. <laughs> it's really intense. And I think, honestly, it's one of the things that when I have this conversation with people, people do not have this conversation. We've started to talk about money more. We've talked about therapy more. We've like, but we don't talk about why we buy. I also watch this documentary called Minimalism on um on Netflix and I've been one I've read their blog actually for like almost 10 years now but um one thing that they said is that minimalists actually value objects more than maximalists because the ob- each object they have they profoundly care about and in that book she talks about how sh- there's a few items that she knew she would need to replace like winter was coming and she didn't have a proper like sweater that would get her through that and she got rid of, I think, almost 60% of her possessions. And she um, she said she searched for like two and a half months for a sweater, but it was her favorite sweater, and it's perfect, and she's going to keep it forever. And so, like, y- you learn to cherish, like, what, what actually matters to you instead of, like, a Band-Aid. And so that's kind of the thing that it's taught me about myself. But it's hard. It really it confronts you every day because— I think the thing I used to do was just when I would feel bad about my spending is try and like track my spending, which is the same thing people do with their weight. Like what exactly did I eat? But when I was tracking why do I want to spend or for people the same thing, why do I want to eat right now? Mm -hmm. It helps get rid of it a lot faster. That is so, so smart. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I feel like my life is about to change. Like when I walk out of these doors, I'm going to try not to buy anything. And if I do, I'm going to know why I'm buying it. Text me. Let's, let's talk about it because I would love to talk. Let's, let's fucking talk about it. People don't talk about this. And it's something that I'm really super into right now. Yeah. I I mean, I think I buy something every single day. I know. And you don't realize it. Mm -mm. And the thing is when you, the you will always feel like you don't have enough if you never curb that appetite for buying things to make yourself feel better. The mm-hmm. second you realize you don't need clothes to make you feel better or new clothes to make you feel better, you all of a sudden realize how much you have. And it, it brings gratitude. It brings it space for all of the stuff that is actually important about being a human instead of a new pair of Nikes to make you appear effortless. <laughs> 
That's a thing, too, <laughs> for all the people that have Marie Kondoed. I've done it so many times. Mm-hmm. This is what it feels like. I did mm-hmm. it when her book came out, and then I did it then when— the show. <laughs> I was like, okay, I get it, universe. I need to clean up. And mm-hmm. so I feel like if— everyone lived a little bit more like that. Not saying like everyone needs to do yeah. that because it's like it's just one inch further mm-hmm. then you wouldn't have to Marie Kondo all the time. I love that it's a verb. Exactly. You wouldn't yeah. have to Marie Kondo all the time and everything you like. I gravitate towards the same stuff. I mean like yes. I haven't worn these overalls in a while but I was feeling this today. Mm-hmm. But I wear the same jeans. I have one good pair of jeans. Yes. And I wear them all the time. And the thing is now I have significantly less stuff in my closet and in my life. Even pens. For some reason, I had so many pens. Now I have like, I don't know, I probably had hundreds of pens and now I have like one mug full of pens. But every pen I grab makes me happy and is is a good pen and works. And like, and then I won't buy stuff pens like that I don't need you know what I mean like it and it can be the same with every object you own Mm -hmm. and I think the biggest thing that was hard for me actually was the book thing which is brings it back to why I found Libby because for me I had an insecurity my whole life that like I wasn't smart enough and so books became this thing that I I bought to be like I'm smart but then I found I wasn't even reading them and so it's like you, you know, re- realizing those things about yourself, like what do you buy to hide a, a hurt feeling? So, so special of a nugget when you get to the bottom of yeah. it. When you get to the source, you're like, oh, my God, this oh my was God. there this whole time? Yeah, and then you have to talk to your therapist. Oh, um, look at this. So full circle. Oh, my God. This is – I'm getting so many good ideas. Yay. Let's I, – I want to do one more section. Yes. And then we can wrap it all up, but I could talk – forever about Yay. all of this. Yeah. We but, sh- we'll just be friends and talk about it. Yeah, sounds perfect. <laughs> uh, I want to end with a section called Tip Jar. Great. The people write in suggestions, but I may change some of these because of our conversation so far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the rule of the game is you can only use three words. Got so it. if I'm trying to think of a different, I'll just, use, I do the same one. We can cut this out if it's so annoying to hear. But uh, <laughs> an example is if the suggestion was Los Angeles, then the three words only would be... Never um, take 405. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. I'm here. <laughs> okay, great. So I am going to change all of these. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sending them in. It's my show. <laughs> three words only mm-hmm. about the entertainment industry. Ooh. I'm going to make it even further. Okay, yeah, yeah. Three words only about what you wish someone told you before getting into the entertainment industry. Three words only before getting into this industry. And we'll both, we'll both take a turn. Not all real. <gasps> oh, yeah. That's really good. I think I want to say find good people. Mm, mm-hmm. I yes. I think that would help. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about... Poems. You've been writing a lot of poetry. I've been writing poems. They're so good. Thank you. Oh. I've been, yeah, I've just been doing whatever art I want to do. So poems. Yes, but before it, yeah. I, now I want to ask another question. Yeah. Is, have you always written poems? Or? No, no. Well, Oh my listen, God, and you're just good at it all of a sudden? Here's the thing. I wrote about like 116 poems about this girl I had a crush on in high school, and they're in a, a book that was supposed to keep track of um, my piano time that I was uh, practicing and instead I used it to write secret poems about this girl and then somebody told me that poems were stupid and then I stopped doing it oh man and then I was like in this new period of my life where I've been realizing that like no 
everybody is creative, everyone's an artist, and everyone has a right to try whatever they want. I was like, oh, I want to write a poem. And then I started doing it, and I really liked it. They're so good. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot to me. It's probably like the thing that I've I've been doing poems and painting. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I've been eating pasta. <laughs> <laughs> poems, painting, and pasta. It's our new podcast. <laughs> the Triple P Babies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, triple, triple P Babies 63. Yeah. <laughs> poems. Yes, you have three, three, words. three words only of advice of poetry or poems. Hmm. Already inside you. <gasps> cool. Mm-hmm. I love this podcast. <laughs> Thanks. Can I come back? Absolutely. Okay, cool. You should because the second time people come back, it's a full full hour of question and answer from Instagram on one topic. Oh my God, yes. Okay, you would be incredible. Yay. Okay, look out for that. Uh, let's see. I saw a meme the other day. It wasn't a meme. I call everything a meme I see on the internet. It's not true. <laughs> it was like a BBC news article. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this meme. Oh, my God. Some documentarian, like, put their whole life's work into totally. something. You're like, oh, my God, I saw a meme. <laughs> it was, like, so good. It was, like, Baby Yoda, but, like, talking about war. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe it? It said something. It was on one of those poetry Instagram accounts, mm-hmm. and it— I think all it said was, everyone is a poet when they're in love. Oh, that's true. So true. That is very true. I've written, I don't write poems, but I've written diary entries that oh, yeah. are only like four to eight lines long. And I'm like, that's, I guess, a poem, but it's just like mm-hmm. the most emotion in the shortest amount of time. Yeah. Which I, that's Because you, you have to get it out. There's nothing like being in love. It's like really the weirdest thing in the world. I know. Well, it's like, I don't even remember the last time I was in love, but I mean, just like feeling so deeply, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if it's like a forbidden love mm-hmm. or frustration, but but that has love as the underpinning of it. Oh, yeah. Unrequited love is my main jam for like 25 years. (laughs) (laughs) My poetry tip, it's not really a tip, uh, but a piece of advice about poems is follow poetry accounts. Yeah. I really love that on Instagram. Me too. I also have stopped following brands as much. Oh, oh, like what kind of brands were you following? Just anything that sells me something. Mm. I started following artists. That's I created a separate Instagram account just to follow oh. like poetry and therapy and psychology accounts yeah, and that's health. Great. But I never go on it. Yeah, that's the so thing. I just it's need gotta to be in your my, feed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta do it for my main account. Okay, uh, let's see. What three words as advice do you have for writing in general? Just, whether it's like mm, oh, it's not long. It's not long enough. It's one extra word. Mm. You can just add "damn it" to anything if you don't have enough words. <laughs> no, I have an extra word. Oh. To it. Oh, I have an extra word for mine, too. Let's see. Hold on. Oh, I have mine. Failure is data. <gasps> Fun. Oh, that's that's like a, one time I, I half read a neuro-linguistic programming book. I hate saying that because oh. it hurts my face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> neuro-linguistic programming. programming. That's why you got to say it in like a British accent. Neuro-linguistic because they programming. Don't, they don't use their lips as much. That's true. Neuro-linguistic. That sounds so What is so it? Neuro-linguistic what? Programming. A neuro-linguistic programming book. <laughs> say <laughs> it like the queen. Yeah, right? <laughs> that, they were talking about how failure is feedback. Mm-hmm. And that is so true. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay, my writing tip is 
It's hard because I want to do two and they're very separate. Do both. This is your fucking podcast, my friend. <laughs> my fucking perd. This is your fucking podcast. <laughs> I was going to say write for you mm-hmm. because I wanted to say like write what you want to read. Yeah. Oh, but that is the best advice. It's, We're breaking the rules of this, but I'm gonna it doesn't matter. I'm going to take more words. Yeah. <laughs> I can do what I want. Can you imagine a world where I've created that I can do whatever I want? I mean, that's the world everyone should live in. My last question. You can use more than three words if you want. This is Wait, what was your second one? <gasps> you had a second one. My second one was going to be right for them, like right for your reader. Oh, okay. Right, like with your so reader both. in mind. Right it's, for you, right for them. I, yeah, I think it's like write what you would want to read, but keep your reader in mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that I was guess. a big BuzzFeed thing. We only like created content. Uh, you're, you're like not allowed to create content unless you know who the audience is or who you, your hypothesis of who the audience is. Yeah. Otherwise, it's very bleh. right. That's what I feel about my YouTube channel. It's like I just am doing whatever I want. <laughs> it's like there's no kind of streamlined anything. We'll get there. 2020. Uh, I guess this is that's, out in 2020. That's a shirt. We'll get there. 2020. <laughs> Please. Okay. I need two shirts. I need. Okay. Even it. though I'm trying not to buy things, I'll just gift them to you. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> My last question for you is a question for you to you. So if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, any age you want from where you are now. Everyone, people ask this a lot, but I recently saw a Vogue 73 questions of <laughs> Olivia Coleman where they said, what would you say to your 16-year-old self? And oh no. she said, look at me, I'm time traveling. <laughs> No, it was, Dang. it was, look at me, I'm back in time. And I, I'm so upset that I didn't think of that. That's how when you know something is good, when you're like, damn it, I suck. I know, that's so funny. Um, what the fuck would I say to my 16 year old self? 16? Did I just Whatever make that up? Whatever you want. You can be 16. I, now I'm just having fun. So my thought was, <laughs> you're good, kid. That's, no, that's perfect. That's it. I really wish, oh my God. It just seems so deep, but it's not, and you'll live. Here's an okay. Here's the thing I've been thinking about recently. This is probably more than you want, but you can cut it. Entropy. I've been really into like thermodynamics as like this bigger thing, and one of the I think the second law of thermodynamics is entropy, the fact that everything decays. Uh-huh. But it's really like actually a nice thing because what it means is everything changes, and so no matter where you are in your life, where you're like. Oh my God, I can't do this. I'm never going to be out of this phase in my life when I'm awkward and no one likes me and I can't find love. The universe has to change. Life itself, matter has to change. You will change and you will end up in a place 10 years from now that you could not possibly imagine yourself in. And so just like chill, just wait and it'll change. I love that. I saw another meme. It was like a, on, on one of those therapy accounts and it was like what – what the student, I don't know if it's called student, but I'll say it for this. What the student calls the end of the world, the master. I want to die oh. when I can't remember anything. <laughs> Hold on. I want to find it. Can you cut all of this out and no, wait until leave I it sound in, smart? Leave it in. Leave it exactly at, I'm going to count the time that it takes Megan to do this. It's 4.05. Here. <laughs> what the quick. caterpillar. That was quick. <laughs> what the caterpillar. What the caterpillar calls the end of the world, the master calls a butterfly. Because that feels, yeah, when you cocoon and you you feel like the world is just eating you alive, Mm -hmm. and then you come out the other way better on your final form, 
Damn, I love that. You need to tell me all these accounts. Oh, my God. I will hook you up. Yay. Where can people find you on the internet if they want way more of you, which oh, everyone should have They can more find of you. me basically everywhere at ITS Ashley Perez. Ashley without an E. How was that growing up? I can't, I'll tell you, but I can't tell you on the... It's, sure. It's actually, it's my stage name, and it's so that people won't, like, fool, fully Google me and shit. Oh, so you did it. Yeah, I just did it. Because <laughs> I, I love Barbara Streisand, and Barbara Streisand took an A out of her name just because she wanted to be different. Oh. And now she's Lily Barbara. That's that way, except now everybody does that. But that was dumb because it, nobody calls her child Barbara. Barbara. <laughs> so she just took out the excess. <laughs> I love it. If you guys have any sticky situations or burning concerns, guys and gals, call us at 805-751-9071. You give us your age, and we'll do a bang-up job like we did on this episode. We really did. We really did. I'm so proud of us. We should celebrate the small victories. I think we deserve an Emmy. Thank you, one per each of us. If anybody is listening, give us an Emmy. Even if it's yours, just (laughs) give it to us. Someone's going to send us an Emmy. Can't wait. Can't wait. (laughs) Cleaning off my shelves. See you next week on Just a Tip. Bye. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.